0: to be here. It's great to uh, be with you, church. I know I've been away a little bit. I was at the Look Up Conference with Danielle, which was a conference for small churches, and uh, wow, what an amazing conference that was. It was so inspiring. We got to be with churches all over America, a hundred different small churches. A lot of them were plantings, and we got to see uh, just so many eye-opening things, Seeing great victories and seeing, you know, the things we put limitations to, right? Because we're a small church. God blew my mind with how many amazing things happened. One person bought a church building with 19 people uh, in the church, bought a church building. Somehow, some way that happened. Someone, um, uh, another church that they were renting from, the guy came to him and said, uh, down in, in Texas, Hey, I'm retiring soon. Why don't you just take over the church building and the church? And they came together. Amazing. Uh, amazing, amazing thing. There's a video on it that we might show. Uh, seeing just all the ways that God was moving uh, throughout these small churches was inspiring. I started thinking to myself, I need to stop putting limits, amen, on what God can do. Because if we're in any place for a little time, we start setting limits, on what God can do. And there are no limits, amen? The Spirit is given without limit, the Bible says. God can do more than we can ask or imagine. But we we can kind of sometimes feel like this is how it's going to be, because it's been like this. And what I want to say to you, church, is that it's time for breakthroughs. (laughs) It's time for breakthroughs. And I wanted to take a little break from Romans and talk about what we're hoping to do this summer, what we're praying to do this summer. And I believe God's gonna break, it, break through uh, our hearts today. Um, but thinking about this, it's on an individual basis and as a collective group. And so what I want you to think about right now is what would it mean for you to have a breakthrough individually this summer? Spiritually speaking. You know, what would that mean on different levels? You know, there's so many ways we can have breakthroughs. And, and, and God's Holy Spirit will lead you to that. But you know when you've had a breakthrough. Yep. You know, I've had breakthroughs in my marriage this year. Breakthroughs in my marriage. It's been so exciting. Like, we're talking, it's going to be 19 years tomorrow. Amen. Pretty awesome. Pretty exciting. Thank you very much. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm really lucky to be married to Danielle. But we've had breakthroughs in our marriage. I've had breakthroughs in my spiritual character. I've had breakthroughs in my purity. I've had breakthroughs in my my organization. I've had breakthroughs in these areas and and breakthroughs in my faith. Breakthroughs in uh, learning how to lead and and learning new things about leadership. Breakthroughs about understanding God. You know, the person 22 years ago that thought he knew God. I know God so much more now. And for us all to have breakthroughs. And then as a collective church having breakthroughs. Because if we have individual breakthroughs, amen, then we will as a church have breakthroughs. And today I want to talk a little bit about how to have these breakthroughs. Um, and, And this is just how, this has been a personal study of mine that's helped me a ton. And we're going to talk a little bit about the biblical understanding of house church today house church, and I, and I know there's, there's been a lot of talk even in the western churches about house church, that it's, it's, a, it's a new way of doing church, you know, from the huge, you know, mega church, breaking that down to smaller groups, and it's, it sometimes can be uh, interesting to think that way, because when we think of church, or when this world thinks of church, we can sometimes think of a building. Oh, that's a church over there. And even I say it. Oh, look at that beautiful church. What does God say? That's just a building. Right. The church are the people. That's right. When I look at these, this crowd of people, even though we're in the USM, you know, Wish Camper, one, room 102, I say, look at this beautiful church. You know, that's how God sees the church, amen? amen. But we even just, as, in understanding, like, a building's not a church. Um. And that that we essentially are the family of God. Amen. And so we're just going to go through a little bit of this understanding as we do this. Because we are going to be focusing more on our family groups. Now, we can call them house churches, family groups, small groups, a a, a group of motley crew disciples getting together, (laughs) doing something great for God. We also have names for our groups. You know, um, uh, FG number one. That's one of the groups. Right. you know, there's other groups that we have, you know, and, 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 and we all have names for our groups. But what we are is God's household coming together in a, in a smaller way because it's difficult sometimes to have breakthroughs when there's a lot of people all together. You know, when you're forced to, hey, bro, would you mind leading worship for our little family group today? And you're like, well, uh, um, well I heard you sing. You sound good. Why don't you try it out? Well, I mean, Carl usually leads the worship. Maybe we should have Carl come. Well, Carl's in another family group. Bro, come on. You can lead this. And, and then that br- brother learns how to lead worship. Hey, bro, you, you, why don't you lead the message today in the family group? Oh, <clears throat> I still haven't gone through the New Testament yet. Well, bro, how much have you gone through of it yet? I'm up to revelation. Well, amen, bro. You can do a little bit of something. Just do something before revelation. You got a lot, to, a lot of material to work with, you know? Um, oh, wow. Uh, would you do refreshments? I can't cook. Well, bro, guess what? There's YouTube. And you can learn, bro. Get some help from a, a brother or sister who knows how to cook and make refreshments or make something for the church, you know? Um, all of us. Need to grow and raise up. And, and breakthroughs come in many ways. I think one of the ways that I have breakthroughs is when no one can bail me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't like, well, was not Brother So-and-so do? You know, Bob Owens, he's really super spiritual. What doesn't Bob do it, you know? And, and you're like, well, Bob's not here, bro. What you gonna do now? <laughs> and God's saying to all of us when we're in these small groups that we all need to grow. Well, Man, I see, I see sin in my brother or sister. I'm going to talk to Glenn. And he's so good at talking to people. He's going to come in there and help that brother or sister out in such a great way. Well, bro, Glenn's not here. And you see the sin. Why don't you talk about it? Why don't you get some advice and call that brother to follow Jesus? Amen? Amen. Well, I've never led studies before. But we have four studies in our family group. Well, guess what? (laughs) You know, we had a brother in Albania who wanted, he told me, I want to fall away. I want to fall away. I don't want to be part of the church anymore. And I was like, bro, come on, what? We just had this Bring Your Neighbor Day, and we had 100 Bible studies in the church. And I said, bro, I don't know how to say this to you, but would you just lead some studies before you fall away? (laughs) And I said, you know, Jonah even Jonah was used by God the Balaam donkey was used by God would you please lead the study with these people before you leave you're good at it he's like well okay it's my last thing I'm doing for the church stuff so he started leading studies and guess what happens? they became Christians and he was like you know what I realize how amazing Jesus is I need to stay a Christian it's amazing right how that can happen. But when there's too many cooks in the kitchen, amen, too many booties in the kitchen, you know, it spoils the stew. He said booty. He said booty. He said booty. booty. Three times. He said booty. No. All right. Um, A biblical study in the house church. All right. Well, um, let's go through it. 1 Timothy 3.15, and, and this will all be recorded. I'm going to put this on the app as well, just the notes. If I'm delayed, you will know uh, how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. You know, these places, your family group is not just a, a little gathering. It's a pillar and foundation of the truth in Maine. That's right. and, and we are here to be God's household. And that's amazing. When we meet together in houses, we are pillar and foundations of truth. Amen? Amen? There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. In Acts 20, you can read the full passage, but they were meeting together in a, looked like a big house, It had three stories to it. And one brother fell asleep hearing the sermon and died. That's a struggle, right? Hopefully no one dies in our family group. <laughs> But Paul miraculously raised him up again, amazingly, and man, it was incredible, but they were meeting in a home. The church had to meet in homes because there was no, it was an illegal religion, that Christianity at the time was an illegal religion because at, at one time it was meant to be just an off, you know, something out of Judaism, but now it was seen as separate. And the Pharisees were saying, no, that's not Jewish faith. This is something different. And it became a legalism. So they had to meet in homes. This is going on around the world today. Yep. And it's interesting to see that the churches that can't meet together in these big public forums are growing faster. Yep. Right. Yep. Very interesting. <laughs> and for us to think about that. Now, I love meeting together. And I don't think we, they also have issues with unity too. Amen. When they can't meet together. But we're not utilizing this biblical foundation that's in the scriptures about meeting together in homes. Um, after Paul and Silas came out of prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. Lydia's house was a house church or a family group where they met together. And this woman was fired up for the Lord, right? And, and she, was, she had a home that could fit a lot of people. And she definitely probably had some great refreshments. She was a woman of of the purple cloth, which meant she was in the Entrepreneur Magazine, you know, top 100 women uh, in America, you know, CEOs. She was a great uh, businesswoman, but she used her home to advance God's kingdom. Uh, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of Gentiles are, uh, are grateful for them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epenetetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. They met at the house. So then, when you come together, it's not in the Lord's supper you eat. For when you're eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. That's not an encouraging passage. But what we see is they were together at the home eating together, amen, and they just were doing it the wrong way, <laughs> but they ate together, they were together, right, we, we know that, um, Colossians 4, give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodosia and to Nympha and the church in her house. These were recognized places where God's, Holy Spirit was working, where the pillar of foundation of the church, where the word was preached, where people are getting baptized, where things were happening all over. Yeah. Amen. And he's just mentioning, hey, greet that family group for me. They're awesome. Greet that house church for me. What's up? You know, and, and, and it wasn't it wasn't even a stress, but it was just like I, I have a relationship with the person. Say hi. Yeah. And we see in the church that something great happened. Uh, Philemon, too. Also Epiphia, our sister, and Arapic, Arapipis, our fellow soldier i don't love these names and to the church that meets in your home meets in your home so what's up with the house church you know we the house church and family group why is it so advantageous that's a great question and and I think about Maine you ever think to yourself how are we going to evangelize maine? Not a lot of churches, if you think about it, have that goal in Portland. Their goal is to just be a big church. Yes, we would love to have many souls in the church, but our goal is to reach all of me. We don't want to just be a church that just stays in the southern part. Amen? Can I get an amen from Jordan? Uh, Can I get an amen from Kendra? People in the north, you know, people that are in the north, you know, we need... We need more people
1: That's right.
0: in, in the north yeah. being true disciples.
1: Amen.
0: Well, what's, what's the advantage of the house church? Well, it's a biblical model. That's, I mean, right there. We could go home.
1: <laughs>
0: the church exploded off of house churches. Yeah. It wasn't dark, you know, rooms. With with fog machines going and, and people worshiping on guitars and saying eh, you know you know here I am to worship you know it wasn't that although I like that song and I'm not I'm not down on fog machines or guitars but that's not what they were doing they were in homes they were eating together they were loving one another they were sharing a meal together they were sharing God's word together they were in each other's lives it's a family oriented. Place where parents and children can participate together. Yeah. That's always sometimes challenging for us with lots of kids, but that's why you have basements. <laughs> no. But I think children can participate and we will find ways of entertaining, but there's there's a part of it where we can do we can train our children in this as well. But it's a great family-oriented place, it's great to be family. And I like calling it family groups more than house churches because that's our goal, is to be a spiritual family. Mm -hmm. Amen? Mm -hmm. People more easily get to know one another in a small group. That's pretty obvious. You know, to have some relationships that you can dig in deeper with, right? Uh, Everyone participates in ministers so people grow in using their spiritual gifts. I just mentioned that. That essentially, goal of a family group is that everyone participates. Let me say that again. The goal of a family group is everyone participates. You know, with my family group, I'm not going to be like, okay, guys, sit down so I can preach the word. Listen to me. That wouldn't be good. We're going to all talk. We're all going to participate in a way that's like a beautiful orchestra. (laughs) Maybe at first it needs some practice. But as we keep going, it's going to be something so amazing that the Holy Spirit uses. Amen? Amen? We need people speaking God's word. We need more teachers raised up. And we're not going to just raise them up by you speaking at midweek. We're going to raise you up by you preaching the word
1: Amen.
0: in your homes. Amen. Pretty awesome to think about. You know, highly trained pastors are not required in order to lead large numbers of people. You know, it's not, I don't know if I'm a highly trained pastor. Yeah. Highly trained pastors. I, I've gotten some training. But it, it, we don't need super evangelists. To help Lewiston, Augusta area. We just need disciples of Jesus that know God's word and have convictions, right? To go to Caribou, we don't need you know amazing elders that that know every every situation to do. No, we we have we have disciples who love Jesus who have convictions. It's less expensive and time consuming. Direct finance towards evangelism you can direct your your finances towards evangelical community service, and caring for one another. You know, imagine a church being planted without a full-time staff member. That would be amazing. Some churches need to be planted that way. But how are we going to reach Maine by doing that? And so what I'm trying to help us understand is, right now we have nine family groups in our church. Which is awesome. Amen. Give it up. Nine family groups. Right? That's awesome. Now, how, what if we learned how to do this family group thing? Like, real good. And guess what? We're still going to fall on our faces even when we know how to do it real good. But we understand how to do this. We've figured out some things where our house becomes a place where God moves in a great way. You know, we have figured it out, if you think about it. My house was the first family group in the church. We had nine people, and we started the church in my home. So much so that my neighbor started complaining to the town. He's having a church out of his house. And, and I had to go and talk to the town council person. Now, amen, we actually didn't have Sunday church. We had Sunday church in USM. So I kind of had to say, no, we don't meet... These are just my people in my church that come over, we pray and read the Bible together. And that guy was like, don't even worry about it. I can't tell you who it is, but don't worry about it. (laughs) But I love that they said, you're having a church in your house. I was like, yes! You know, and and it was so cool to think about. And then from there, we have nine now. And, And we've seen amazing things happen from one family group. Do you get the vision here? Now, what about your one family group becoming nine more? That's amazing. That's incredible. What if we had 250 family groups throughout Maine? Mm -hmm. That would be pretty amazing. You know, what if we doubled that to 18 family groups? And what's great about the family groups is that we can take care of each other. That every person is there for each other. That everyone's a shepherd and everyone's a sheep. (laughs) Bah. Bah. You know, you're the shepherd, I'm doing my staff thing, you know. That's my staff. Bah. You know. Wow, you look like a shepherd sheep. Yes, that's what I am. You know? Um, but to think about this, it's so exciting. There are low when persecution comes, we can withstand it better. Kinda interesting. You know, we haven't gotten a lot of persecution, you know, but we will. You will. When you preach God's word, if they persecuting me, Jesus said, they will persecute you. Amen. Yeah. You know, whoever gives up something for the gospel will receive a hundred times what they've received. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, and persecutions. He put that in the end there. Wait, a hundred times more persecution? Amen. But again, family groups can withstand it because we're family and we're together. Amen? It's been so cool to think about China. China. A lot of people talk about China, right, in politics. China, China, China. I mean, you look up China. I mean, there are a billion people. they got to make some impact, right? Uh, two billion. Two billion. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of people. Now, this, it was illegal for a lot of, uh, the, you know, mainline China to, to be openly having service. And to openly pray. They pray, you know, I've heard, they pray by just looking at each other. Dear God, thank you so much for this time. That's kind of a cool way to pray, right? Just look in people's faces and pretend like you're not praying, you know? But essentially, that's how they pray a lot of times. And some people get fired up and they bow bow their heads, you know? But I don't don't quite know what happens in the general life of it, but it's built upon house churches. And you call them underground house churches. And they've grown. Dramatically. They're one of the faster growing churches in our movement. They can't meet together publicly. They can't pray publicly. They can't do worship publicly. But they just do house church. Interesting. Very interesting. You know, I'm sure they have challenges too with unification. How do you unify all these house churches that are over? They've figured out a way to do that. Amen. They're incredible brothers and sisters over there. And there's other countries that do this as well. They have to be wise. They have to be shrewd as things, innocent as doves, right? But it's so cool that we're part of this, this worldwide fellowship. So Because when you're part of a worldwide fellowship, you can learn from each other. Yeah. You know, they can learn from us. They wanted to learn how to help the campus ministry do well. So they got help from the outside to do that. And now their campus ministry is flourishing. We need to learn. How do you do the house church thing? Amen. How do you do it? We can learn that too. Amen? Amen. Um, sometimes limitations help you, help you more than harm you. See, I'll tell you right now. If we had all this money, I would totally, probably, most likely with the leadership group, say, let's buy a building. Big old building. And let's get speakers. And let's get a little, you know, teen room and all these things. And let's, let's get the fog, man. Cause everyone else is doing the fog, you know what I mean, and and I wouldn't get the fog. Let me just say that I <laughs> wouldn't get the fog. But you know what I'm saying. And and let's let's hire a lot of staff. Let's hire a worship leader. Let's get bigger and shinier and brighter and let's go for it. What what where where can we just take residents in? Nothing wrong with a building. Maybe someday we will have a building, but I would. To- but but because we're limited. Now we're thinking about family groups. And so I praise God for that. Because limitations, and I need, I'm need i preaching this to myself, by the way, can do sometimes more good. China was limited. They're exploding now. You know? You know, the American churches are starting to take notice. Wait a second. They're meeting in their homes. How are they doing this? So how are we going to do this? Interesting. How are we going to do this? I just put this. Too many cooks in the kitchen spoil the stew. Author unknown, but tested and true. I don't know who said this, but we know it's it's, it's true. And what I mean by that is if we have people, we come to church every Sunday and we sit down and we listen. You're like, bro, I know. (laughs) You don't have to tell me that. Then I get up. And I go for, you know, a lot of us have work where we sit down again all day long and have to listen. If you're customer service, I'm sorry. But in the family group, we're not just sitting. We're, we're doing things. We're using our gifts. And so I want to encourage you to use your gifts in your family group. And you'll use your gifts here as well. We have seen lots of people come and speak. And that's why I love every, we're going to start doing every family group now is leading the part of worship so that we can all start using our gifts of speaking. Um, what does the family group focus on? Well, if you wanted to see a real quick passage, Acts 2, 42 through 47. Yeah. What do they devote themselves to? Like, what's our goal as a family group? That. Yeah. That's it. Devoting ourselves to the, the apostles' teachings, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, the prayer. Being together, eating together, worshiping together, witnessing together, praising God together, and God adding to our numbers. Amen? Amen. Daily. What if Maine was adding, being added Amen. daily? Amen. That can happen, church. Amen. That can happen. Yeah. You know, it's going to take a little time, but it can happen. Because the gospel is so beautiful and so amazing. we have been going through the gospel in Romans. Amen. You know, but we can also do this through our family groups. We're not going to do traditional midweeks for some time. We are going to have times of teaching, amen? Because we believe teaching is helpful. Um, but we're not going to have traditional midweeks. We're going to have once a month kind of fun things together, amen? We, but we're going to open up the schedule, as Danielle said, declutter the calendar so that you can explore and and start experimenting with your family group. Yeah. And, and I know this is kind of cool, like, you now are in charge.
1: <laughs>
0: but, you know, you're in charge. Your family group now is going to make its own calendar. And, and the sky's the limit. You want to serve the community? Go do it. You want to have a Bible talk? Go do it. You want to street preach? Go do it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go and have an international potluck meal? Do it. Invite me, I'll come by. You know, but, but you know, whatever you want to do. We want to do a, a, a banjo concert, you know. And I mean, I, Whatever you want to do, you can do. But what you want to focus on is, is you want to make sure that this is being done. As you do the banjo concert. You know, as you do what you're doing. You need to have fun, by the way. Fun, mandatory fun. No, no, but you need to have fun. It's important because that's how the favor of all the people, right? Where does that come from? That comes from, from memories being built from having a lot of fun. Um, We need to be focusing on building healthy and growing family groups. And for us, what's that going to mean for us? Well, first of all, we all need to get excited about our family groups. And that's why it's so important that if you find, oh, I would like to be in this family group because I'd be more excited about it. Because I'm looking forward to getting to know this brother. Get to know this sister. I want to encourage you. Please talk to me. Because I want you to be inspired about your family group. It doesn't mean anything about another family group. But we should choose where we should be. Now everyone can't be in Lenny's group like I said last time. Because then it's not a family group. We don't have family groups. We just have a big old church again. We have to expand and and, and, and spread our wings. And Family groups are meant to change. Amen, church? Because as they keep growing and as transition happens, Josh and and, and Paige left, right? Moment of silence for Josh and Paige and Johnny. Okay. We're sad about that. But you know what? God does that on purpose to stir it up. And we can't be so comfortable with our people that we don't grow. You know, sometimes going to another relationship... Will help you grow. Um, And Paul did that. Barnabas did that. So many people in God's kingdom did that. Amen. Um, Deeper teaching on Sunday. So we're not going to have as much teaching because of the midweeks. So we're focusing this year on deeper teaching on Sunday. Amen. Amen. Like, bro, that's what you're supposed to do every Sunday. I know, but we're going to get deep. Amen. Real deep. Like depths of the water deep. Bring your Bibles, bring your notebooks. We're coming to teach God's word every Sunday. Brothers have been doing a great job with it. But Romans, we're going to go through Ecclesiastes. It's going to be really cool. We're going to talk about what happens after you die. That's going to be awesome. Heaven, you know, the afterlife. You know, it's going to be great. We're also going to talk about the prophecies of Christ. And then possibly, maybe into next year, we're going to talk about that John 15 passage. Remain in me, abiding in Christ. Amen. That's what we're planning on doing. Um... So we read this book together as a family group, and they, 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 they took all these small groups and they statistically <coughs> kind of asked them all these different questions. The book is called Small Groups, Big Impact. Good title, right? But what they did was they used math. Amen? Who's into math? <coughs> Not a lot of people. What's going on? Come on, guys. <laughs> Math's awesome. The numbers don't lie. You heard that, right? Yeah. Wait, why didn't you raise your hand, bro? Oh, <laughs> he doesn't like math as much. He's good at it. You can be good at it, and I like it sometimes. But, you know, the numbers don't lie. And so what happened was they, they said, these growing, what are all these growing thousands and thousands of small groups across countries and places and different groups, What were the things you focused on that, that you did? And some people were like, I don't even know. But we prayed. Well wow, everybody prayed that now I know this is like not rocket science, but it's helpful, isn't it? Because you can focus on a lot of things with family group. Oh, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this. But these are the things that with thousands and thousands of family groups really helped. The first thing was praying. Praying for one another, praying in the group. That we need to be praying more in our family groups. What if a friend comes? Is that going to weird them out? No, actually. They learn how to pray. They're moved by this. I've never heard people pray like this, you know? Secondly, praying for those we're reaching out to. That's another part of this. Praying for those they're reaching out to. Um, Praying for each other's needs. You know, what a great family group. What can we pray for each other about? Can you get any more deeper than that? Great, great thing to talk about. Reach. What do they do? They... They, they were outward focused. You know, there's closed groups and there's open groups. Closed groups are kind of groups that, hey, you have to be a member to be a part of this group. And you think, well, don't you, you have more in, intimacy when you do that, right? You have a lot more people that can, maybe they feel more safer, right? But what they found is, no, actually, people felt just as safe with open groups. Open groups is every family group you can invite your friend to. And you go, what if we have like a deep discipling time in that group? Yes. (laughs) You know, so many times I've thought that person that comes to church, we're getting super deep. We're getting super intense. This is not PC. We're going to open God's word and we're going to talk about something very difficult. Oops, what is my friend going to think, right? Who I bring. Then my friend comes up and goes, how do I join your church? You guys are doing it. You guys are the real deal. I'm convinced. I hear God is among you. And you're like, oh, I thought that was going to be super awkward. No, I've been looking for real Christianity. You know, don't be afraid to get open and real in front of a friend. Because you're like, oh, Christians aren't perfect. I can do this. Sometimes people don't think they can do it because we do look put together sometimes, and we don't swear. You know, it's like, you don't swear, you're perfect. No, actually, it's a lot more to being perfect than not swearing. Uh, but you know how it is. Yeah. Reaching out to people, loving people. Hey, come to my banjo concert. Come, we're having international potluck dinner. Come, we're going to talk about how we can grow in our character. Are you into that? Yeah, let's do that. Care. We care for each other. This, they cared for each other. They thought, oh, wow, there's a crisis in this person's life. Let's all together as a family come around. You know what? To be honest, as a church, this is one of the most, we got this down, church. Now, we have to grow in it more. But you guys are an amazing family.
1: Yeah.
0: It, it's not like, oh, so-and-so is having a hard time. I'm thinking, maybe we should make meals for them. And then I see an email or Facebook post, hey, we need to make meals for this person. And I just smile. I go, wow, they're already on this. We care for each other. We love each other. And we just need to do that in our family group. Keep doing that, church. Because that's what Jesus called us to do. That's so evangelistic, church. The Bible says, the people will know you're my disciples by the way you love. Sometimes it's not even the, the teaching that does it in the family group, right? Although the teaching's great. AJ, you did a great job teaching. But it was also just, wow, You guys really love each other. God is among you. You know, you're disciples and empower. And this is the what we kind of talked about was everyone has a role in the family group. That we want everyone to have a role in it. That no one comes and goes. What am I doing? You know, no one's a spectator. No one's a bench warmer. Right? Everybody's in the game. Amen. 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 These are some things that that we want to go after. Um, The family group change. I want to say this, you can write, you, many of you know my email, but if you did not, if you're not in a family group, now I want to share a couple things. I got to get your email, Jordan. Get your email, amen. And uh, Derek and Nikki, I've, I've uh, drafted you into our family group. You can say no, it's okay. It's
1: okay.
0: <laughs> you can move somewhere else. But some of us have, if you have not been placed in a family group, please come. Email me or talk to someone that you feel more comfortable talking to. We'd love for you to be in a fam group. What it would mean is that, basically, every week you get together with a small group of disciples that are trying to follow Jesus, and and you you you, you hang out with us, hang out with somebody, and you just really strive to to reach, care, pray, and empower, right, through Jesus Christ. Um. Uh. So I put my email up there. Please don't spam me. No, I'm just kidding. Everyone's a little scared of their email address. You put your email address up there? Yeah, whatever. I don't have it. It's not, it's not that important. Um, I want to talk about Maine as we end here, guys. I, am go- I was going to There's a second part of this sermon that I want to do next week. Because I want us to just be thinking about the favorite groups. We're gonna talk about breakthroughs, part two. But I want us to be thinking and praying about this. If you can study out in your Bible family groups or small groups, I want you to think about that. I want you to be praying about that. But I just thought about Maine. Now, Maine's so big, I couldn't put a map that worked. I looked, I looked online for so many maps. I was like, map, this map, this map, this map. And, and, and nothing fit on a slide. And I just felt like everything's so small. Because Maine is a huge state. It's a huge state. Right? I love that this is where we are. Right here. Something like that. Right? We're here. And that's a And look at the rest of Maine. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, it's like. And that's an hour, by the way. From here to there to us is an hour. That's daunting, by the way. You know, Jimmy Allen has it way easier than me. Rhode Island. Are you hearing this, Jimmy? No, but are you kidding me? Like, I, this is crazy. This is so crazy, right? I mean, and, and that, that, that we came up here with nine people and we're thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Maine. My email address used to be mainmission at gmail.com. You know, it's all fired up. Main and, I'm, and to be honest, there's been times where I was like, wow, how are we going to do this? But then I thought there's counties, right? There's different counties. You know, we're Cumberland, right? We're Cumberland County. Right? We're Cumberland County. Some of us are not Cumberland County. But each, what if we made it a prayer that we got to a county with a family group? Hmm. And I have to tell you, this is something crazy that I saw. I was at an AAU tournament in Albany. By the way, we played these, this amazing team called the City Rocks. And they beat us 76 to 5. <laughs> oh, Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. We got dunked on twice. Eighth graders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we're a pretty good team, too. We're, we're not a sticky team. We're good. We win a lot. But not that time. We were so happy we scored. Sometimes that's your day, right? But as you're watching this game, this guy had this little tripod with the simulcasting, and he was, he was, you know filming the whole game, and I was feeling bad about it. I was like, "You're filming this game?" Okay. And he's going around filming it, and you know, it, they, they do it all live through this kind of streaming service, right? And a lot of us know this, and I thought. How would we do church in Maine? How could we do this? Well, obviously, you know, what I'd like to try, and and, and we'll see how the summer goes, but maybe in the fall, we, each of us, team up with another family group, and we have our own church in our area where we just, we work for a month, we hand out invitations, we go for it. Maybe it's in your home, or maybe it's, you know, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, um, a rented building, you know, that you use, a YMCA, something, you know, simple. But, And, and we see what God does. Network, because that could be something so amazing for us to go for it. And, and, and you know what? I've seen this done all over the kingdom. And it usually, so many friends come out. Yeah. So many people become Christians. But we have to get our family groups healthy first, amen, and working together. So this summer is really about training. And helping us all be trained in how to do this. And so, but, but the vision is clear in my mind that we have to, we, we're not going to be able to, you know, send full-time pastors all over here. But through family groups, right, meeting together, we can reach all this area. Amen. Amen. You know, China's a big country, too. They got a lot of people, too. But they're reaching. They call their churches Red Dragon One, family group, Red Dragon Two, Red Dragon Three. You know, and they they have different names like that. And it's very simple, and they do it to protect the disciples. You know, um, from persecution. Uh, we're, we're not going to call ourselves Red Dragon One, Dragon, Dragon Two, but but having they, they have places where they meet and they evangelize. So. I want us to think about this. I want us to think about the fact, in some ways, why are we doing family groups? Well, because it's biblical. Amen? amen. Yeah. But why are we doing family groups? Because if we learn how to do it, all of Maine will be reached. Amen. So when you're going to family group and you're tired and you just had a you know, full time at job, you full, full time at work, and you're like, oh man, I'm kind of tired. I'd like to go back home and watch Netflix. I want you to think about the souls that will be won from you seeking the kingdom first. Yeah. I want you to be engaged in your family group and go, you know, let's figure this out together. Let's pray together how we're going to do this. Let's reach people. One of the things that we're, we want to do is every, we want everyone in a Bible study with a seeker. And this was something that happened. I talked to Trevor about. Trevor's super excited about Excel sheets. <laughs> He loves excelsis, he loves tracking things, he loves it. So he's got two Bible studies right now in dental school, which is awesome, he's got two people he's studying the Bible with, and he calls me, he's like, I'm meeting at 8 a.m. at the Roots Cafe, can you come and do this study? And I'm like, oh man, I didn't even know that, but next time I'm coming, he's like, he's already through a lot of Bible studies with these people, and he's just going. He's not waiting, he's just going. He's like, I found a study series and I'm just doing it. And I was like, wow, that's so inspiring. Another church decided they want every person to at least be in one Bible study, sitting in or leading, in a whole year. Now you go, that's easy. But you got to ask yourself, when was the last time you were in a Bible study with someone? Right? And if it's like yesterday, then amen. But that's not everyone. And so for us all to do that, and so Trevor said, here am I, send me. We're going to help each other all being in a Bible study in a year. And I think that's an amazing thing because when you're in a Bible study, you, re- you remember how amazing the gospel is that you've heard, amen? Yeah. And so for us all to think about all of us becoming harvest workers, all of us are a part of reaching Maine. It's not just, hey, I'm here, but I, I'm, I'm here to have breakthroughs, amen? Amen. Um, Next week we're going to talk about how, what are the two things we need to do to work on breakthroughs. I think I wanted to give this justice. But as we think about breakthroughs, I'd like you to think and spend some time remembering that you're a missionary. You're a missionary, church. Every disciple is a missionary. Especially in our state. If you don't feel like a missionary when you look at this, I I mean, we're all missionaries. And so to think to yourself like, wait a second, what if our family group was the only family group in the church? At one point, that's what was going on. And yet, God moves through the small mustard seeds. Amen? So I want you to think about personally this week, what am I going to do to have breakthroughs this summer? What am I going to do? What is God's Holy Spirit calling you to do? Don't get too overwhelmed by it. Take maybe two or three things and work on it. Share with someone. And then we could, that's maybe one of a part of our family groups. What, what's a breakthrough you want to have? What can we pray for you about? Amen? Amen. Because God's kingdom is about having breakthroughs. Amen? Amen? You know, I can feel it this summer. I can feel it. God's spirit is saying, it's time for some breakthroughs. And it's such a funny title, right? It's time for some breakthroughs. Where did I get that title? From the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's like, it's time for some breakthroughs, Glenn. And I'm like, well, what does that mean, Lord?
1: <laughs>
0: You'll see. And so I want to encourage us to listen to the Holy Spirit, like Lenny talked about today. And let's have some breakthroughs. Amen? Amen.